Hello and welcome to the Secure Chat Podcast, presented by Archon. This is a whole new security podcast geared towards you, our trusted clients. Each episode, our security experts will explore pressing security news, from the latest malware threat to user errors and top risk management solutions. Tune in each month to learn more about data breaches, what they mean for your business, and how you can optimize your security strategy. I want security. Hi everyone, thank you for joining us on our very first episode of the Secure Chat Podcast. My name is Corey and I'll be facilitating today's roundtable discussion. I'm joined today with uh, Sean Truxel and Ryan Wickberg. Guys, can you tell us a little more about yourselves and what you do for Archon? Sure, my name is Ryan Wickberg. I'm the lead security architect and SOC manager for Archon. Uh, my name is Sean Truxel. Uh, I work on the service desk. Awesome. So today we'll be talking about data breaches and how to better safeguard your company from these attacks. To start with, why don't you tell me a little bit about the risks of data breaches and how concerned small business owners in particular should be? Uh, They should be very concerned. There's a number of consequences for small businesses. Um, Businesses that experience a data breach are severe and increasing all the time. I mean, there's regulatory burdens. They have to notify their end users. They have to notify whose data was compromised. Notification requirements and penalties for businesses suffering a breach. They may differ with each jurisdiction within the state, countries like the United States or internationally. Uh, Europe, for example, is some of the toughest going right now, such as GDPR. There's also contract obligations that may be incurred and not to mention reputation loss with the clients and end users. Uh, yeah, you mentioned that uh, people gain any type of information they have just to sell it. Um, I think that's a common misconception uh, from a user or just business owner basis. They think that the person who is stealing the credentials or the credit cards are the one that are going to turn around and use it right away. Um, generally, it's, it's people that are fishing if they're, if, if their business is credit cards, they're just gonna try and compile as many credit card numbers as they can and sell those as a bulk package. So they're not looking to take advantage of a company's credit card. They're looking to just add it to a list of, you know, a, a batch of credit cards they have, sell that and make easy money that way. Um, so they don't have to worry about dealing with canceled credit cards or any type of trace back to them. Um, they're essentially just middlemen on the dark web selling information. Uh, so one thing I wanted to bring up is that uh, in the news, you see a lot of the, the large corporations uh, that get attacked with the ransomware um, or any type of data breaches that go, go national. Um, I, I believe that gives a misconception to small business owners that you know, they're so small that people you know, aren't gonna target them in any way, shape, or form. But um, in my past, I've seen small companies get, get locked up. Uh, a couple years ago, I had a small company, six or seven users. Uh, the owner of the company thought that since he owned the company, he could use the server as his own personal computer. Um, locked it up with ransomware and I was then on a 55 hour uh, straight shift trying to recover data and restore from backups on new drives Um, and that was just a a small company with seven people and that led to three or four days of of outage for this company so four days of paying people to show up to work and they couldn't do any work and uh, you know they ended up losing three weeks worth of data because they weren't you know backing up they were just doing one specific local backup instead of having cloud backups every night uh, and it just shows that having that, that multi-layer backup can you know, save you weeks or months worth of data loss, uh, which does add up to a lot of lot of money, even for a small business. You bring a very good point. A lot of companies don't account for the revenue loss of that downtime. Um, 
we've seen all different lengths and times of revenue loss, and it's pretty scary. The old mindset of only spending possibly a minimum of 2% of your budget on IT is out the window anymore, especially if all your entire production environment runs off of IT. That calculation definitely has to be incurred. Yeah, so it sounds like data breaches are not going away anytime soon, and they're just becoming more common. Sean, from a service desk level, what would you say is the most common data breach you work with? Uh, one of the more common ones we see is going to be phishing. Uh, it's when users are sent over phony emails, uh, credentials are taken or given out by accident. There's also card fraud, wire fraud, uh, and at a higher level, ransomware and crypto lockers. So would you say when it comes to data breaches that phishing emails is a common source of them? Sure. It's, a, it's an easy source for the attackers. I mean, their number one objective is to steal information, sensitive information. Could be in the form of usernames, passwords, credit card numbers, bank account information, anything that's valuable. Cool. So can you spend a little bit of time talking about phishing? What is it? How can we prevent it? Phishing refers to an attempt to steal sensitive information, typically in the form of username, passwords, credit card numbers, bank account information, or basically any other important data in order to utilize or sell the stolen information. By masquerading as a reputable source with the enticing request, the attacker lures the victim in order to trick them, similarly to how a fisherman uses bait. Yeah, uh, at the service desk level, what we see quite often are that users will come through saying that they got a phony email. Sometimes they forward it to us, say, hey, can you look at this? This looks fake. Uh, what happens is uh, hackers will go through and they'll craft an email that looks like it's coming from Microsoft Office 365, from IT admin at their company domain. Then what happens is there's usually a link saying, mail's being held, click here to log in and continue mail flow, so the users will click on this link, go through, enter their passwords in which the attacker is capturing those credentials. What happens then is the attacker could potentially sit on those credentials, uh, log in at a later date, or just sell them. Uh, what's important with the phishing is that at any point if the end user thinks that they're compromised, just to notify IT, make sure we can reset the password, uh, and then there's minimal damage done. If you have a user email you telling you that they clicked on a phishing email and typed in their username and password, what would be the first steps you take to prevent the company from losing data? Instantly, you gotta go in and just change the password, depending on how much time has passed since they notified you, which is sometimes difficult to get that correct information because people don't want to say that they clicked on the link or that they fell for a scam. Um, time is the, of the essence though with that, so what we do is we'll usually disable the account as a precautionary measure, reset the password, do a slight monitoring of the mailbox uh, throughout the next couple days, um, go through, let them sign back in with the changed password, make sure that the accounts are synced up on their phone, laptops, etc. Usually we'll turn on two-factor authentication, just in an event especially, if someone does click on the link and they were compromised, this prevents in the event that they do compromise themselves again down the line. Uh, it allows for a second factor just to keep a security blanket to prevent that user from being compromised again. So you bring up a good point on two-factor. Two-factor is very important nowadays. At the company level, even in your personal life, most companies are offering it now. Gmail, 
Microsoft, everybody should turn it on. It's just one more step, security step that we, need, we all need to take. A lot of times hackers are after confidential information that could potentially be used to compromise your business. There are two typical types of cyber attacks, phishing and spear phishing. Phishing generally is one giant email blast sent out to the entire contact list of your company, which a hacker is trying to get login credentials for as many users as possible. The other one is spear phishing. That's more of a targeted approach. This would be somebody specifically trying to gain access to an account of power or trust. From my experience, that's usually C-level employees or accountants or HR people. Um, CEO, the CFO, CTO are always a prime target. These accounts generally offer the most reward and can coordinate data transfers, wire transfers, and in some cases are even domain admins and can access all the servers in a company. These attacks are typically much more complex and planned out, but uh, nonetheless, they can't take them for lightly. So you guys have explained what some of the typical attacks are for phishing, but how can companies be more proactive? Well, no nowadays you've got companies that are in the cloud now, like O365. Um, they have to invest in security perimeter. Um, you can't just live there with an E3 license. You've got to take it up a step further. Either ATP, um, Advanced Threat Protection, that's a service that Microsoft hosts, or get a third party in there like a Mimecast or a Proofpoint. Um, what those technologies do is they log all information. They also provide you know, basic phishing uh, prevention through a number of different threat scenarios. Um, that's a must. You can't, can't, be in the, can't be in the world without it. Um, there's another tool that we use, that we use personally in Archon, is uh, a tool called Message Control. That takes it up a step further. It actually injects a number of different banner ads within the user's email, Outlook or iPhone or Android. Basically highlights specific uh, suspicious emails. Uh, it'll tell you if you've ever talked to this person before. It'll tell you if this email looks suspicious hosting the same name. It basically takes the job of the end user to be a phishing analyst out of the equation. Yeah, with the security awareness training, uh, I think it's important just to go through, um, if you're not investing in a third party to handle the email analysis for phishing, uh, just running quarterly, monthly, at any point, a, a frequent phishing exercise in which users are tested to make sure that they don't open any phishing emails. Um, whether they are very obvious phishing attempts or a little more in-depth, training the end user doesn't hurt. Absolutely. So once a company has been breached, uh, what kind of damage can be done within the organization? Well, the concern we see uh, expressed by many of our clients and businesses is not only loss of revenue, but also blame, diminished trust in these businesses, uh, consumers lose faith, uh, place blame, Businesses not safeguarding their information. It's, uh, it's becoming a real concern now. So why are most post-breach plans ineffective? Because they're reactive when they should be proactive. Um, this is an offense game now. Um, the best defense is a good offense. Businesses need to install a defensive multi-layered strategy that proactively protects their information. 
instead of just reacting to any type of compromise or malware or any type of attack. So Sean, how can individuals and companies prevent themselves from becoming victims of a data breach in the future? I think the most important is gonna be cutting down the time between when the breach actually happens versus when it's reported. You, you have the software malware that runs through and rips through these companies so fast that every second is valuable. So the second that there's any cusp of an idea that an account was breached, it needs to be reported. Uh, from there, we can disable that account, change passwords, depending on what device or user was compromised, we can go through and start adding a different security software to scan the network, disabling specific access or security groups, uh, just in the event that it's, it's a worm that crawls through. The most important to prevent a system-wide outage for companies is cutting down that time between potentially when the breach happens and when it's reported. So there isn't a notion that they're scared to report it or that it may just be a false positive. Um, the integrity of the company is essentially hung in the balance if there's a, a breach in place and those couple minutes that you're stuck thinking is it's a legit breach or not, it does matter. Ryan, what uh, are some tools that are readily available to companies that will make them more secure? Number one, I, my favorite right now is SIM. SIM is Security Information Event Management. It's basically centralized log management across the board um, with analytics and all kinds of machine learning in the background. Uh, the first thing a hacker does, whether they, once they compromise you, is cover their tracks, delete logs. Well, a SIM counters that because all logs are being offloaded so they can't delete them. Uh, there's also intelligence behind that sim. It looks for behavioral analytics of the user, of the attacker. Uh, a good sim has legs into everything in your network, everything from egress to ingress. Uh, you want sim tied into all your servers, your firewalls, your cloud, O365, your email, you want all those analytics to come through. And a SIM takes, it takes hours and hours of backstating review and log search from your SOC. Uh, it allows them to basically vector in and identify and seal a breach within minutes as opposed to hours and hours and hours. Uh, after SIM, uh, we always recommend regular vulnerability scanning. You never know what's being plugged into your network. You never know what pops up. You never know if a server's been not patched. You need to know what's in your environment. Uh, vulnerability scans, vulnerability assessments, I mean, even if it's just quarterly, is, is invaluable. We've had a client recently that we do quarterly vulnerability scans for, and within the last month, somebody made a firewall change and exposed another, a number of internal production ser or internal servers to the WAN, which is very scary. We identified it during our vulnerability assessment because we were shutting down those servers. Uh, they were all hands on deck. They were kind of uh, taken aback from this, but that's what exactly why you do this. And they were able to seal that breach within two hours with notifications. Um, there's also end user training. There's also uh, staying up to date on all your software, 
Yeah, Ryan, you mentioned the uh, quarterly vulnerability assessments. Um, I know with HIPAA law, any medical office is required to have a vulnerability and pen testing assessment done once a year. Uh, it's built into the HIPAA, HIPAA laws and rules. Um, you know, I, I would assume that at some point it's going to be built into a lot of different business policies where once a year you have vulnerability scans, pen tests. Um, Ryan, would you say that a, a pen test is a valuable tool for a company to go through, although it's a little expensive, do you think it's important? Absolutely. You need to know what your vulnerabilities are. You need to know what your exposure is. Um, vulnerability assessments are one thing, but pen tests to actually test them and expose, um, it could be everything from just a minor uh, network-based pen test all the way up to phishing attempts, having a third party come in there and test your security awareness, your end-user security awareness. Uh, it's extremely invaluable, absolutely. Awesome, well thanks for those notes, guys. Um, I know we went over a lot here, but as the podcast progresses, we'll be going into these a bit more deeper in our upcoming episodes. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our monthly podcast for more security tips and tricks. I want security.